one, just acknowledge the fact that you do have natural strengths. You do have natural gifts. And it's a disservice to the world if you are not giving them. Your job is to put yourself in a position as quick as possible to give them to the world. Welcome, everybody. It's episode 33 of the Paul and Pound podcast. I'm your host, Pony Boy Paul. And Paul and Pound is a podcast where I interview my creative pals who are creating the life that they want to live. And the goal of this podcast is to learn the how and why behind their creativity in order to inspire you, but also myself, on how to best create the life that you want to live. And in this episode, I have a creative conversation with my pal, Tom Boyd, aka Boyder for the Real Ones. And Tom is a content creator who's strictly dedicated to ensure other content creators are thriving. And he does this via his brand bonus footage, where he posts short, insightful clips that include tips, anecdotes, and resources on how to make sure that your content is impact-driven. And in addition to that, he also has a podcast called Creators or Brands, where he interviews creators that are brands. So yeah, I guess that kind of goes without saying. But in this episode, Tom talks about his time in the music industry and what it was like to rap with Asher Roth, sit between P. Diddy and Busta Rhymes, and market one-on-one with Scooter Braun. But he also talks about how at that time he felt like he made it, but he also felt like he was faking it. And he goes in depth on how that experience has helped him create the content to the point where he feels like he's really targeting the person he used to be. In addition to that, he actually gives us a behind the scenes on how he actually creates a content, which includes starting his day at 5 a.m. every single morning. Also, only after you finish listening to this interview, head over to the Paul and Pals newsletter where I break down a key aspect from this episode in addition to providing a creative resource to help you create the life that you want to live. And you can find this link in the show notes. Without any further ado, let's get creative. I usually start this podcast with like a, you know, how we met and stuff, but I want to start with a little uh, transparency. So can I be transparent with you? I love transparency, man. All right. So, you know, usually I don't fanboy and stuff because I usually because I want to treat everybody like who they are or whatever. But when I was getting ready for this interview, you know, I was doing some my research and I heard you say on. I think a podcast you had referred to yourself like, yo, I used to go by boy. Yep. 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 And I'm like, wait, why does that sound familiar? Yeah. I'm like, no way. There's no way. So I'm like, boy, boy. <laughs> so I think I either Googled it or YouTube it. I YouTubed it. I'm like, no way. I see the first song, Kumbaya. I'm like, bro, I'm playing, <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> keeping it a hundo. I'll be like, oh, bro. Tell my girl, like, yo, no, I ain't finna come yo, home. I don't really come home. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I flipped out because I remember being in my basement back when I used to live in Michigan, being in my yeah. basement on my PS3 playing Medal of Honor, just bumping all these songs that I downloaded illegally off the internet, bro. And I'm like, this is boiter. <laughs> like, I just, it just, it just blew my mind, you know? So nah, man, I had to be honest about so, that. So yeah, yeah, we got, it's funny, man, because there's been um, very little, uh, until recently as the account's gotten bigger, like overlap, like most of the people on my account don't know my affiliation in the music industry and the artists that I work with and like that whole experience. I know I come across as someone that, you know, has experience. Like I have the confidence of someone that's like seen experience. But I'm not like name dropping or saying much about it. Like it pops up in some interviews. Uh, but let's definitely mention 
So that is a song. That that is a verse from. So my creative partner at the time, I was I was working with Asher Roth, who uh, and it was a mixtape called Sierra Fogua with Quincy Cranberries, and we made that whole mixtape on the tour bus on like our first tour that we went on with with uh, with Kid Cudi, and and then and then I remember coming home. Actually, that verse was written at home. And we were trying to get Asher to be on that verse so bad, or, or that this is this is how we used to work. Uh, so like our little team, when we'd want Asher to be on a, like rap over, because you know he's way more talented than us. We were just having fun. It was more of like a hobby for us. I had one liners, and I could say like you know creative bars, but he had like the musical flow. So I remember we really wanted him to be on that beat, and how we used to get him to be on beats, or you know, it, I don't know if we did this as much consciously but like whenever we would have fun and like we would like you know our friend group would make our own version of these remixes and then he would see us and be like oh i gotta come on there and roast you guys <laughs> you know like so so we would just make them not thinking that they would stay on the mixtape you know it was just more like a collaborative thing where we were like yo like this would get it going like even on um uh greenhouse effect one Almost every single one of those songs had verses with me and our other buddy at the time, uh, buddy, his name was Brian. He was working on the, you know, working in the crew together. We were on every single song, almost, probably like 80%, right? And they took our verses off because they're like, yo, get your whack stuff out of there. (laughs) But (laughs) every now and then there was a couple bars on there. And I want to tell you a funny story about that. One, uh, my buddy's friends with, uh, my buddy's friends with I'm gonna flex a little bit. So like my hey, flex my, on my, him, my, bro. Buddy, my buddy's homies with Lupe Fiasco. And and he was like, yo, Lupe heard that verse. And he was like, yo, yo, that boy had the coldest verse on the on the album, on the mixtape. And like here's the deal. Here's the deal. My, my 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 buddy likes to pump me up a lot, so I don't know. I didn't hear that from Lupe's Lupe's yeah. like mouth. But it still it mm-hmm. still made me it still made me happy. Nah, bro, that I just it just threw me back down memory lane. I'm like, this is so crazy, yeah. dude. Bro. I'm so happy. Going back- I'm so happy it started off that way and like that. Yeah, you have that side of the world coming into the conversation. Yeah, and that's what that's what's so interesting to me, bro. Because like, you know, if I let's say I met you at that time, let's say I was podcasting at that time, you know. I'll be like, yo, I got Boyder on, like, and I'm talking to you. And, and at that time, it could be like, yo, you've made it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, when I look at you now, I feel like you're really in your bag. Did you ever feel that when you were younger? Like, yo, like, this is it. This is that, that apex. Yeah, you know? no. So, I, I, you know, looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We definitely were in situations where I think in, uh, 99.9% of the world would look at that and be like, it doesn't get any bigger or better than this. You know, like we, I sat at dinner tables in between Puff Daddy and, and, uh, and Buster Rhymes. I literally looked at Puff Daddy and, ma- and asked him to say grace at his own dinner table. Like <laughs> I, I hit on Taylor Swift. Like I, I recorded in the studio with Pharrell for two weeks straight. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I'm Asher's creative partner at the time. So I'm, there's no pressure on me. Like I'm just hanging out. I'm the, I'm the fun guy. I'm the relationship guy. I, I throw in my creativity. You know, it, there's not really that much on my plate. But at the same time, we were very confused, insecure, didn't know much about the, the music industry. Uh, and, you know, as a result, we got taken advantage of in, in many different ways. And, and not that it was anyone else's fault. You know, it was our responsibility. So, you know, I look at that time as a, as a time of uh, it was a great experiment of discovery of who I am and what my strengths are and what I can bring to the world. 
but by by far like i'm you know you know even even you know a couple of years later i was i was djing the local pub and i was you know making mixtapes still making mixtape songs directing music videos uh you know, just for fun on my, on my YouTube channel. And I was having more fun then. Like, I remember being like, I'm having so like, cause I was starting to understand who I was more. And, you know, now with the content that I'm making, I just, I'm just, you know, I, I've had enough experience where I'm like, I, I at least know that this, all this stuff is, uh, it, it's mostly right. Like I, I believe it's right. And I have the confidence to say, you know, this, this could be helpful. And that's the whole point. Everything I'm making is using all of that old experience it's basically talking to that person, you know, 10 years ago that wish someone like me told this person, yo, it's about consistency. Yo, it's about developing your voice. Yo, it's about building a, a good creative culture within your, your collaborative team. Those are all things that we didn't do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And, and you make a good point about, you know, how you're kind of, even though you have this experience, that confidence, I've heard you mention before about staying one step ahead. And, you know, what I really like about you, because within a matter of 10 to 15 seconds, what you've kind of done is you've, you've heard something, you've read something, or you've seen something, right? And it's good information. And then you've kind of been like, you know, able to put it in a way that we can consume. And then I'm like, yo, that was good information. Let me go check that out. And I love that because that one step ahead is uh, simpler than it is. It's, it's the, I see it as the equivalent of like, you know, whenever you, you follow a channel that's always posting motivational yep. stuff, and you kind of just share it on your story. Yep. I feel like you're doing that with your videos, but you're able to grab something that like it builds on because now that person that saw you share their stuff, now they share it. You know what I'm saying? And now that connects a lot. Yeah. I don't know. You, you've been you've been you've been knocking that out. The yeah. Park, you know, it's so fun to do. And, and a lot of the stuff, I mean, I write a lot. I write every single morning. Um, and, and a lot of the, the concepts that I experience. The, there's stuff that like I'm like oh I would want to share this tweet with a friend I would want to share this book with my wife I have this creative idea that I want to tell someone else and my wife's sick of hearing my ideas so I'm like yo I'm just <laughs> gonna tell the internet this stuff and and I'm having so much fun doing it and like kind of putting a little bit of like a swag and flair on it so so people remember yeah. it and you know what what I, at the beginning I was like kind of over editing everything and like kind of like trying to but then I was like what am I hiding behind like I'm, I was trying to doctor everything up too much and now now my more recent videos are more raw less text less editing and getting right to the point and I'm using other people's examples to highlight stuff that I've either experienced learned or I'm trying to learn you know a lot of it is like yo I learned this three months ago but it's still it's worth sharing with people no, I love that. I think I've always enjoyed uh, how-to videos. Like, uh, one of the things, like, if whenever, if you were to see my YouTube page, you know, whenever you refresh it, you see, like, a whole bunch of, like, you should watch this. It's always usually how to edit this or how to speak like this or how to interview. Because I just love to know how did somebody do that. And, you know, for you, I kind of want to learn about your creative process um, when you're making your videos. So you mentioned that you used to be very editorial or whatever, but what made you kind of, like, let me just simplify and how do you actually simplify it yeah so i'll tell you how this new account started so you knew i went under the name boider i had a youtube channel called boider <laughs> right or no but it was boider camp it was boider camp uh and that was uh I, I started with a flip cam that scooter braun gave me in 2008 and i was filming the behind the scenes of us on tour us in studios just you know just a bunch of kids that shouldn't be in the industry that they were in i was just like hey guys this is what's going on and it wasn't from the standpoint of being a creator. 
Uh, but then when I stopped working with Astra, I started making my own music videos. And then when those mu- music videos, they did like they built a fun following where it's funny that a lot of people that as a TikTok is continuing to grow, there's some overlap. People are like, boy, they're, like they're seeing it. They're like, like, who's Tom? You know, I'm going by Tom now. Right. <laughs> so then I started making vlogs on that growth. YouTube channel. So then I was like, last summer, I was talking to my buddy, Danny Gewurz, who's a cinematographer. He's got a huge YouTube channel. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start doing, you know, more like educational style content on this channel. And he was like, yo, man, I think it's time to start another channel. Uh, He was like, that is a whole different like chapter, a whole different character. And I was like, kind of like rigid. I was like, no, there's 10,000 subscribers. Like, let's just get it. And then I started posting stuff and they were just flopping. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll experiment because uh, I was like, you know, what, what do I have to lose? So I started taking that content and just going over, started to get a little bit of traction, uh, you know, had some people sharing it, but still like, it's hard to grow on YouTube. It's, it's hard to, you know, it's a, there's a lot of one, it takes longer to produce a video. You know, it's like an eight minute video that it, supposedly the algorithm likes. You have to do a lot of research. You have to do the thumbnail. There was so much, so much going on. So then they started coming out with YouTube shorts. Then I was like, okay, I can approach YouTube shorts. I can make a 30 second banger, right? Like, like I could, yeah. I can work that into my day. <laughs> so I started doing that. They were doing all right. Um, and then I started just, I was like, all right, I'll throw that up on my random Instagram Instagram account that I had from a podcast that I used to host two years ago, <laughs> right? So bonus footage was my original podcast name. And uh, so I was like, I'm just going to post it up on there. And my first video got 80,000 views on Reels. and Or the second video, the second video, but I posted them both the same day. Got 80,000 views on Reels. And then a huge account of filmmakers picked it up and shared it. And I was like, oh, I bet you something's here. So then I started focusing on there because that's where the traction was. I started to build an audience. Uh, you know, followers were coming in you know, pretty steadily. And then I was like, all right, well, let's just see what's going on with TikTok. You know, I got all this content and I started posting on TikTok. And then that started getting more followers than the Instagram. So then I was like, <laughs> okay. I started studying Jack Butcher, who's the who's the guy that started Visualize Value. Oh, Visualize Value. Yeah, I yeah. Love that, I, man, I took bro. his course, yeah. and he talked about going all in on one platform. Like, optimize your content for one platform for six to 12 months, and then migrate your content and your audience over to something else. So I was like, I have to focus on something. And the thing that I'm focusing on now, I decided, you know, because it's giving me the most reach right now, is TikTok. And you know, I don't care, whatever. I'm an adult TikToker. Like, what's up? And uh, <laughs> so I started. So now everything that I do is geared to TikTok first. So that that, that lays the 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 platform, the foundation of of the creative process. Now I'm studying other TikTokers, like what's working, what's not, and I'm looking. So right now I have a full. Um, I start with the script first because I'm very much. I want to be known for the message less than like the editing, the design, the flashiness, and my delivery style. So, Because those are things that no one else can duplicate. So even if it's I'm reading someone else's tweet, right? Like I want to do it in my style. So, you know, so, and I realized too, so I, ideally I'd script every single video, but that's hard to do on TikTok. So I was trying to find creative ways to create different buckets of content. So one of them is just tweet reaction videos where I read someone else's tweet that inspired me. And then I provide a little bit of feedback. But the main type of content is I script it. It's a, I sit here with this here. I have this notepad and I just have an ongoing idea list in here. 
and then I wake up in the morning and some mornings I can write like 10 other mornings I don't have any and then they're kind of just rough and then I migrate them into my Google Docs then I have all these like kind of rough ideas of Google Docs uh, and so when the the production process is going well, I'll be writing every single day, and then I'll film five of them on one Saturday, and then I'll edit them on Sunday. Right now, I've been uh, super busy in my day-to-day, so it's like kind of hard. I'm, pl- I'm kind of playing catch-up, but for a while there, I was about 10 videos ahead with that format because I would write all week. I would film them on Saturday, edit them on – or I'd write in the morning. So I wake up at around 5. I'd write from like 6 to 8, and I love writing. I, 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 I think it's like a, just a good way for any communicator to kind of figure out how they believe about believe about things in in their world yeah man it's it, i just love seeing you uh talk about it because i i see the um the, the the amount of joy it brings you and it's also just interesting that you're kind of figuring it out as you go uh which is something that i think i i want people to get from me doing this podcast because you know i started it last year and the amount of stuff that i've learned in a year and still realize how much I have to learn is amazing, right? But I think even when you kind of like are going through the struggles or figuring stuff out, you learn so much because you want to, you want it to be the best. And one thing that stood out to me when you were talking about that is that you mentioned education, right? And, you know, I knew that was, that was kind of your background when you were still in college, right? Okay. So when you were, when you were initially going down that path, did you like, kind of see yourself as a teacher or what really made you pursue education in the first place? So I pursued education because my mom is a teacher, my dad is a teacher, my older brother is a teacher, and my younger brother is a teacher. And my oh. <laughs> and, and both my sister-in-laws are teachers. But, no but when I went to school, I, I knew that, one, I was a, I was a, a terrible student. Um, I, I really did every, I, I did the bare minimum to get by. I was more interested in socializing in networking. That's how I met my first creative partner in Asher Roth. I was more interested in that project. So pretty early on, I was, you know, I was very distracted. I, w- I wasn't like gung ho. I want to be a teacher, but because it's in my family, I have a, I'm from a family of teachers and coaches, coaches. I mean, if you, if you hung out with my pops right now, like he would, he would like literally break something down as if he was teaching you something he'd be go okay now listen you're gonna start with it like he like he breaks down everything <laughs> into like the fundamentals so you know it, whether he's like giving you directions or he's talking about you know the sixers game right uh so it, it's always sort of been like part of my family and and we're all communicators uh so that i didn't it's funny man like i i, I try to think back of like did i did anything from college from the educational background affect what I'm doing right now. And I don't think anything, I don't think there's any crossover between like my actual education, besides the fact that I did enjoy the teaching aspect of it, like in school, like when I was in front of a class, I knew that I was good. I was good at, you know, kind of getting a class excited and enthused about the subject. But I hated all of the administrative stuff, the stuff where you had to like do the, the, uh, uh, what was it? The the lesson plans and like all all of the stuff around it, like dealing with the, parents i'm like yo that, that that that's not for me but there was one teacher that said i remember we were doing like a ropes course and he goes like like a girl was like timid to, to like do it and and he was like you never know if you don't try and and i remember like when we were thinking about moving to atlanta i remember like that was around the same time when he said that and i was like yeah i like you know 
like I'll never know if this would have worked if I if I don't tr- if we don't try this if we don't make this leap and move down to Atlanta. And the one more thing I wanted to bring up when I was talking about writing these, uh, you mentioned my music background at the beginning, and again, like there's no real musical bone in my body, but I did have a understanding of of one liners and how to frame like kind of. Uh, memorable lyrics into you know an eight or a sixteen bar bar verse, and that's why. So I love the writing process of that, like actually like crafting the words in a song and helping and working with Asher on that, and then the people around us, and then that's why I did the music afterwards. And and I'm taking a lot of what I learned from that because you only have eight lines to do that to like make a story to like make create a message. That's what I'm doing with these. 30 second videos now i'm starting to understand like like i didn't understand how uh, the arrangement of a song for the longest time but like once i learned it i was like oh it's just a puzzle like the hooks here the catchy lines here the punch lines here and that's how i'm framing or that's how i approach the the shorts that i'm doing right now i mean granted they're all not like bangers some of them are more because i'm realizing that 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 tiktok likes kind of simple down the middle stuff like like the more clever and cute you try to be the more they're like all right get get that out of my face (laughs) yeah (laughs) i realized that too i think it's interesting to see the stats on what does well and what doesn't it'll surprise you every time yeah every time and i know you've actually interviewed a couple uh gen zers that are are big on tiktok and i want to know what's kind of one big uh big takeaway you've kind of you know because i think I think about it from like, you know, you're speaking from somebody that has this type of experience and some of them are kind of new in the game, but they've, they've realized how to master it. And like, what's one thing you've kind of taken away from them that you see is very common? I think the one thing that stands out to me, and it's something that I'm kind of trying to adopt a little bit myself, or I'm definitely getting better at it. Uh, So, so when I was first on YouTube, you know, the, uh, the world that we kind of came from, like seeing media was, was like news anchors or like sports center anchors or, or like, you know, someone on TV where like, they're like, they're like up in your face and they're like very animated with their, like, they're very much like a character. And then like when YouTube started at the beginning, like people would have these personas, these characters, like everything is like, like in your face. But now the, the the younger audience can feel that they feel like they're being sold to by a used car salesman every single time you're you're you know on the screen if that's not true to you if you're not like a natural extrovert if that's not your communication style so a lot of people would try to force that and like you they could they could you could see it through the person that they're not being authentic so what i'm noticing is People like if you talk like monotone in your everyday life, like talk monotone on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like yeah. people want like like talk like honestly. The, the the best way to do it is Facetime your friends, Facetime ten friends, and pay attention to how you naturally talk to those ten friends. Pay attention to the natural delivery, your tone, where your where where your air is in your in your diaphragm right like are you are you like you can see i'm getting all up here but like you know you're probably just like yo what's up man you see the sixers yeah they're trading bed simmons i can't wait you know what i'm saying like like you would you would talk you would talk yeah. more casual right so i yeah. i i've noticed that a lot of like the younger uh, uh creators they're good at just kind of showing up as their genuine selves and probably because they've grown up with it like they've never experienced a world where they weren't on it yeah now that's a good point i think what i love the most going back to being their authentic self is you know how sometimes when you're on tiktok it'll say um suggestion you should follow this person because they're in their contacts uh so i I saw that one and i was kind of going through and i saw this one person i know and i'm like wait what he's on tiktok 
And the reason I said that because his personality, when I knew him, he was very just chill dude. Like you would think nothing ever phases this. Like you wouldn't ever see him stepping out of this comfort zone that he had. But I go to his page and this man is singing duets. Oh, really? He's, he's wilding? Duets. Yeah, yeah. Like he's singing. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Where does this come what? from? What? Yeah. Where does this come from? But I love it, man, because I truly... I truly enjoy when somebody is just being who they are and living living that life that they want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like I always feel like the true I don't want to I don't get too deep, but I've recently thought about like I feel like life really should be when you're spending the most time doing what you enjoy the most. Because when you're spending like if there's something that you like the, like the most, right? And you're spending time doing it the least, that's when your life is just feels so pointless. That's when you feel so lost. So I, I want everybody to feel inspired to create this life they want to live because that's when you were enjoying it the most. And, you know, going back to you, do you feel like there was a point where you went through this period where you weren't doing that, where you were like, damn, like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the whole reason why the first experiment of, you know, working in the music industry didn't work is because all of us, we were like we were you know quite quite literally like wearing masks of of so, some other persona you know asher was i was you know we all kind of got this brand thrown on us that then we like felt like we had to live up to and i think that that created the most tension between all of us like we weren't intentional about what we wanted that to be so eventually i think that's why it flopped because like over time like that makes you burn out you don't want to show up for it you start to you know you start like you start to create a lot of like unneeded issues and challenges between you know the people you're working with when you're working on stuff that you don't actually love and the other thing that i'll add is when especially when it comes to creating content i i believe like the foundation is following your curiosity you know like you can tell in my videos and i think i said this on the other podcast but like i don't think anyone's gonna out like out care me right like like you could like some people might be smarter <laughs> some people might like be more clever but like I think that, you know, I, I just really care about the individual creator. So I know that that's where my intention is and I get really excited about it. And like, that's the foundation of, of my content. And that makes me want to keep showing up. But then that also makes me less insecure about it. Cause I'm like, yo, I just believe in it. So, you know, you know, someone can knock it or not. Like I have this one video out right now and people are like, I did like a kind of a overview of, of a big a big artist that's out right now and you know it's like there's obviously people that like totally disagree with it but then there's other people like yo i needed this yo this made my day like and those are the people that i'm trying to talk to and i'm not i'm not even phased by the people that are like what are you talking about they've been doing this since the 70s like i'm like listen that's not the point the point is to highlight something that'll help one individual that i'm one step ahead of that's all mm -hmm. yeah i think it's interesting the more and more people you know that you start to bring in with your content, you get more and more people that don't agree with it. And I think that's just the natural flow of life because uh, I actually mentioned this. Uh, I interviewed somebody recently who kind of grew up, was a child star and was on Disney and stuff. And he mentioned when he first started getting a big following and he's like, what the hell? Like people just started saying mean Dude. things in his comments. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because we don't like, it's just weird to go and do that because you would never do that personally right so it's weird it was weird for him to yeah. receive that yo it's so funny i was just telling my wife about that i was just like yo it's because i remember like you know obviously 
creative i think people creative people tend tend to sway towards the side of being insecure i think a lot of like why we want to create is because like we just want to be seen and accepted i don't know like deep down in so so when we have that feedback it kind of like like you, you, you like you pay attention to it at least at the beginning and i remember thinking i was like man if i have a big audience that means there's more opportunity for people to say what they really feel about me and like that they don't like me and now 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 that i'm seeing it and the audience is getting bitter like i'm getting comments you know not a lot but like enough to to like you know my younger self would have been shook by it my younger self would have been like no i'm deleting it but like now i'm like it's it's <laughs> because what you realize it's a pattern it's like all the same type of person they're just their outlook is just spewing that every direction and i just happen to like kind of be called in that direction that moment of the day but it's the same type of comment from the same type of like just like you know i don't even know what type of person it is because they usually don't have uh, a profile picture and they don't even have like a real name or or one post (laughs) i'm like yo like yo if you're gonna make fun of my content at least like have content yourself (laughs) yeah but like what i'm saying is like for anyone that's thinking about it like once you get to that point where you're really confident about it um it like starts to you're desensitized to it like it's just all like just one comment basically at this point you know unless like will smith or like pharrell says something negative like it doesn't it's not gonna phase me right now (laughs) (laughs) that would suck bro imagine seeing will smith say i know i know i know i know know, know. (laughs) yeah you'll delete your account bro but no and uh you mentioned that you you really care and I, I kind of knew that because one of the reasons that I, the way that I, I never even said how we met, but the way that I found your account is I follow the hashtag, uh, creator economy on Instagram. Oh, dope. And I, th- I think you use that sometimes. Yeah. So I think uh, while I was scrolling, it came up my feed. That's awesome. Like, oh, I didn't know that was working. I That's what's up. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Sometimes I don't know what's actually showing on my feed sometimes, but it, it came up. So I was like, Oh, I, I fuck with that. And I think I went to listen to that podcast and then. You had a, a reel, because I followed you after that. You had a reel that kind of like, I don't know if it's one of your biggest reels, but I just saw it and I shared it. And then what's so funny about that is I, I shared it and I'm like, man, this dude would be a dope dude to interview. Let me make sure I, um, you know, try to reach out later that day. So I think I went out to do something. I came back on my phone. I get a DM and it's from you. And you're like, yo, thanks for sharing my stuff. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy, bro. I was literally about yeah, to invite yeah, yeah. you. So <laughs> <laughs> I like, I wanted this to be, so I'm, I'm really glad that. Um, I'm glad you did too, man. I'm glad you did too. For, I, honestly, I appreciate that share. <laughs> nah, it was dope. I think I just want people, I don't know. I'm actually going to check later and see how many of my mutuals follow you now. Cause I think I've shared a couple of your stuff at this point. And I want to know, um, going back to that, you know, I've had this conversation with one of my friends who's a, who's an artist, uh, up and coming. And we were having this conversation of, you know, when you're making the content, obviously, you know, stay consistent, keep doing it. But do you feel that most people that get to this, I don't know, certain level of fame, virality or whatever, do you feel that it's really just going to, it's really based on a lucky encounter? Do you think it's just pure consistency and hard work and obviously good content? Or do you think there has to be that moment of, Oh, did, did what's the name just yeah. share that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I would say, I would say 10 years ago, yes, it, a luck played a much bigger factor in, in it. But right now, I think l- l- the, the luck factor is being pushed down and down more and more. And big shares don't make that big of a deal anymore because like the, 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 
this, the internet is so massive. You know, I think I, I've had a couple of people share, like even when, when filmmakers shared it, they had 1.4 million followers. And I thought that, I thought my count was going to like, I thought I was going to have like 10, <laughs> I thought I was going to wake up with 10,000. And, and there was only like, you know, there was like a hundred more people, which was awesome. But I really, I truly believe that if you have that foundation of knowing that you are going to build a body of work, right? You're, I made a video about that. You're building a brick house. Each brick is a piece of content that you place perfectly as best you can then you place another one on top of that and then another one on top of that instead of just trying to hit home runs every single time right then you build this whole foundation and look at all of your work as you know it's a full house you know it's not just one of these bricks that you're just throwing in trying to get lucky on and then the law of averages is going to work in your favor. One of them is going to pop off and then people are going to come back and check out your content and then more and more and more. And the funny thing is the, the, uh, I think Jack Butcher talks about this when you're, oh dude, it's so, it's, it's so wild, right? Like, like zero to 10,000 is really hard. Like that's what I noticed because you're at an era, a stage where people like might like your content, but the social proof of them attaching your name or like there's no social proof. So like people aren't a hundred percent sure to attach their cosign to you yet. Right. So it's like, Oh, he only has 350 followers. Like what's wrong with him? You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's, it's hard to push through that. So you have to have like yeah, that determination real. to get through that. But once that social proof is there, right. Then people are more excited to share because then it's like, Oh, like I have good taste, like, because look, all these other people agree with me. So they're more willing to share your content. Uh, so I think luck played a bigger factor. Luck, I mean, the, you know, meeting Scooter Braun, lucky. Like, luckiest thing in the freaking world. <laughs> you know, Scooter Braun called me, man. Like, like that is, like, it doesn't get any luckier than that, <laughs> right? 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 And, and I hung up on him and he called me back. So, like, that, that's double luck. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. so, like, that was extremely lucky, but that was 2007, 2008. And nowadays, you don't need the gatekeepers. You don't need Scooter Braun. You don't need the radio, right? You can, you, you can create your own label in your basement today. You can create a video. That's the craziest thing. That video that I just got over a million views on, I was sitting here journaling. I had the idea. I shot the video. I sat right here. I said what I had to say. I edited it. Uh, probably the, one of the shortest edit, edits I've ever put up and it has 1.1 million views right now. And I'm like, wow, like I literally like didn't have to go and, like I, I could like reach that many people sitting right here. Um, so I, I do think that luck, um, you know, depending, you know, I, I think people have more resources to start out than other people. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, everyone's starting point is going to be a little different, but the biggest thing is to look at the resources that are right in front of you and say, what can I piece together with this? What's the most I can make the, what, with this piece of clay that's right in front of me? Uh, you know, it might be different than theirs over there, but what can I sculpt with this one? And then as I'm building, more people are going to pay attention and then you're going to get more like-minded individuals sharing your stuff. And then I wonder, like, how, how, how many followers did I have when you kind of came into the picture? Oh, I think it had to be probably like, 3k on instagram uh, okay. i think i don't know what your tiktok was yeah yeah and what are you on instagram right now uh it's it's like 3500 it's like 3500 which is like you know in in terms of like internet fame is 
It's extremely low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's extremely I low. I think when you start hitting that, but it's an yeah, engaged it's following. Like, I, I mean, and the views are. I mean, th- there is a lot of engagement on the videos, and and and, uh, but still, like that's a that's a pretty small following, and like you know, it, so it's proof that it doesn't need to be that big to be able to connect with like minded people. Yeah, and engagement is key, man. I don't know if you've ever just seen somebody's account, and I remember uh, there was. Me and my creative director, Juan, we were talking about somebody that we might want to interview or whatever. And I remember I was talking with him like, oh, yeah, I think they're valid. Because they had like reached out to me and kind of chatted a little bit. And at that time, I think I was still trying to figure out my niche. But I thought they were interesting and they were willing to reach out to me. So I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, that would be a cool interview. And then he's like, okay, yeah, man. But, you know, I was kind of checking their Instagram, bro. Like, ah, it feels weird. And I was like, why? <laughs> and I want to say it had like maybe 10K plus. So it, it still caught your yeah. eye. But he's like, man, I'm, I'm going through the post. Two comments. One uh, comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you like, that, like, yo, that is kind of weird. Yeah, they did the they did the bots or something. So, um, en- engagement is key. Man. En- engagement like, is key on on reels. Reels can be a little suspect only because it pushes it to like the tick or the Instagram kind of for you page. So people don't really have access to comment there. So I have had noticed where I'll get jumps in videos. I'll get like 10k views and get likes because it's like easy right there to give likes, but people don't comment on it. But yeah, they're, those bot accounts, like they're, I think people, less and less people are doing them because it's hard to, you can't, like, unless you're just going for social clout, like you're not getting buyers, you're not getting people to actually like, you know, what's that leading to besides people like calling you out and being sus? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't think it's worth it. I actually hate when bots follow me. Like, it'll be like, yo, or they'll DM like, yo, we can teach you how to make it with crypto. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> so, funny. And uh, another thing that stood out to me was the uh, when you're talking about the the social proof. And one, I saw my first evidence of that recently because I interviewed somebody last November 20. And uh, my friend Kayla Simone, who does, she's like a DIY home builder, Kayla Simone Home. And when I interviewed her in November 2020, I want to say she had like three, two, four, basically less than 5K. And she posted a reel recently about, you know, reaching 15K and like, she's just so thankful. She wants to give a shout out to everybody. And what I love about her is that that time when I interviewed her with the less than 5K, she had said the same exact thing. She was like, I'm so thankful to have this 3K and people are commenting me, DMing me. So I think it has to be, it has to come from that genuine, you know, that genuine love from what you really want to do. Dude, it's so important. yeah. And I'm curious, do you have, like, I know obviously you're, you're doing your thing right now and you're making the, uh, the videos, but you also have your podcast, right? So when you kind of got into that space, what was uh, your main goal with that? With doing the podcast? Yeah. Doing the podcast. Um, so I had, I, I, this is like my third, my third attempt at doing a podcast. I had one called, it was like the Tom or you no, know, it was called the Boyder show. Uh, that was on my other channel. And I had so much fun doing it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that I got to – and honestly, in hindsight, I'm like, I just wish I would have kept that up, you know. And then, like, two years later, uh, I did another one. And then uh, – but it's like it, – What was the border show about? It was the same thing, but there was no niche, really. Yeah, I was just, like, asking people – you know, I was just, like, trying to be Tim Ferriss at the time, I think. Um, <laughs> but but I realized it's a lot of fun to sit down and, and have an hour-long conversation. I was like, this is such a great excuse to talk to someone and then, like, 
sell it as content you know like 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 like, yeah. like people are making li- like this format right here people are making really good li- livings out of this like the people that are doing i've built audiences around it and like this is the core the foundation of their brand that's wild to me we're just we're just talking you know i can tell you're an extroverted you're you seem fairly extroverted you you're uh, are very articulate and you ask great questions like you're built like i can tell you're built to to be hosting a show like this so I went on and started uh, another one, the one called Bonus Footage, about two years ago, and I realized in the process that it was um, uh, such a great way to connect with people across the world, right? Like I live in I live in Westchester, PA, outside of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, it's a suburb, right? But I'm trying to connect with like creators all across the world, and it's like it's hard to do that. And I was like, all right, so I developed this friendship with. A guy named Zach Hanavar, who is Yes Theory's manager. And I developed that relationship because I asked him to be on my, on my podcast. And I was like, wait, this is like a – it's content. I'm getting better at communicating. I'm uh, and developing my network at the same time. Like what is not to like about this format? So recently I, I posted on, um, on Instagram from that Instagram that I started. I wanted to restart it. I wanted to restart a podcast. And the thing that I think slowed me down was the production side of it, you know, keeping up with like, you know, the YouTube video, all the edits to all the platforms, the branding, all the stuff. But I had enough momentum with the, the Instagram at that point that I knew that like I, I wanted to do it. But like really, I wanted to continue to build the network. And uh, someone responded, a, a, a guy on, um, on, on Instagram was like, yo, I would love to help you edit the show. And I was like, yo. That would be incredible. So right now he helps me edits edits the show. So so I, I record the episodes. I get all the guests. I do all that. Uh, you know I do the questions. Do the do the intros. Send it to him. He edits it and he sends it back to me. And that is what has been able to uh, allow me to be able to sustain it. And he just like really wants. He like believes in the show. He believes in me as a host. And uh, I, I'm super grateful for him. But like yeah, it started from you know building in public. We talked about building that house. Build in public. Declare what you want to do and like-minded people might come and like say hey i know you don't like editing but i love editing like there's people out there that <laughs> like the stuff that you don't like yeah. to do just a- ask the world and, and sometimes it responds sometimes it doesn't but um so yeah i'm loving the process of doing it right now it's so much fun i got banger episodes lined up and it, it it's uh my, my goal for the show is i my goal was um just will smith i changed it to will smith Taylor Swift and Pharrell. That's that's who I'm gonna get on my show. Uh, I, I, that's who I'm gonna get. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I real I realized I was like, you know what? Like that would be really dope because I have specific questions for all of them about specific moments in their career, songs that they've written, and I know that like I know that it would be an engaged conversation. So uh, I'm gonna like. Yeah, I call that my fun goal. So, like, I like to create a fun goal that you can go to that, like, kind of keeps you energized about the project. And I'm like, all right, how can I tweak the brand so that if Pharrell sees it, he's like, yeah, boy, like, let's do this. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want him to think he's doing me any favors. I want him to be like, yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah, dope. Yeah. I want to be part of it. Yeah. No, that's it. I agree, man. I think I um, – like you talk about brand, like it's so funny. Like you're you're talking all the stuff that I, I relate to so much, and like you know I want to keep working on and getting better at, like even the editing, right? So right now I do all my edits and all my video, audio, whatever, right? And I love that because I'm so particular about things. But that's not the 
best. I enjoy the conversation so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm it's like, probably, oh, man, I'm about to talk to Tom today. Yeah, it's probably not the best use of your time. It's definitely it, like, you know, you like sitting behind the computer for a couple hours, like, you know, you know, could that time be spent more like, you know, getting new guests or like, you know, finding sponsors. It might, it might be, who knows? But what I realized, too, I had to let go. Like, dude, I the, I didn't even want, like, the first couple I edited myself because I was like, oh, I still don't want to let go of it. Like, like he doesn't know yeah. how I want to show up. But then I was like, no, in order for me to sustain this and do it long term, I just have to say, run it. And, like, there's been time where there's, like, awkward moments of me left in it. And then I'm just like, whatever. Like, you know, maybe maybe it makes me more relatable to cut it to, to <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right? You're like, wow, that's a long silence. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, I. And uh, I, I say that too much because so now I've actually, so I think this episode should be one of the ones that's actually going to be edited. So that whoever listening is like, you know, I wish you best of luck. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, he's not going to edit, it, have to edit anything. <laughs> this has been nothing but bars. Not edit, let it go. Run bars, it. Bro, bro, let it, let it. Leave everything yeah, in. Leave it in. No, if you cut one if, word from my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's on it's you, on bro. Sight. <laughs> it's on site. It's on site, bro. And it was like, oh man, I remember even like when I submitted my first episode, it hasn't come out yet. I remember like, um, they had emailed me. They were like, Hey man, we uh, noticed you haven't uploaded anything yet. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just so hesitant. But like you said, it is part of that. It is part of that growth, part of yeah. that value. Have you you haven't think, published any episodes yet? No, I have, but of the, I just started doing the edited ones. Oh, so okay, I literally okay. got like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a, I'm doing like a five package just to start and see how it is. So I think. The one that comes out on, because we're recording this, what, what is this, August 31st, I think? Um, so that one would come out September 8th. So that'll be the first edited Not By Me episode. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, but yeah, man, I think um, what I was going to get at is that even to get to that point, I still felt that I had to establish what my brand was because I feel like it's sometimes hard to pass something off to somebody if they don't even know what you're working with. Like, luckily for you, like, even though that person wanted to edit it kind of maybe at the beginning, you had already established yourself. You knew they, they knew what you were about. They believed in you. Right. So, uh, you, you do got to do that. Some of that, that head work at the beginning and just really establish yourself. And, um, another thing that I always like to ask on the show is like, if you had to just, if somebody just came up to you like, yo, Tom, and they were like, what words of advice would you give to somebody on how to best create the life that they want to live? What would you say? So I'm trying to think just because I can only tell you from my experience, the little things that have worked for me, because I'm still figuring this out. There's areas that I'm better in. There's areas where I lack. I think one thing is one, just acknowledge the fact that you do have natural strengths. You do have natural gifts. And it's a disservice to the world if you are not giving them. Your job is to put yourself in a position as quick as possible to give them to the world, right? And what I realized was I was going down a lane, you know, with, you know, my education that I wasn't going to be able to fully um, facilitate and, 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 and live from those, those gifts the, the way that I wanted to. And the way that I started to get out of that and try to figure it out is, is in hindsight 2020, right? In hindsight is 2020, but little experiments along the way. The only way you understand what you want to do is by doing. Like you can't read a book. You can't watch a course. Find little experiments along the way. If you have a friend that wants to do a music project with you, say, hey, 
We don't need to think of this as like a, you know, a whole career. Let's do a three month project. Let's make a song. Let's make, you know, a seven song EP over three months. We'll shoot two music videos and we'll just do it. We'll put it out. And like, it doesn't have to be like everything our self worth is measured on. Pick one little creative project. It could be, Hey, I'm going to start a, a, a snapback line, right? And like, whatever, like any creative project, any little project where you can just go all in on that you are the boss of, that you, um, say, get to say yes or no of whether it's you were a partner, because that creates, uh, accountability. And that type of accountability is different than you get at a job where someone else is calling the shots. That accountability is like, oh, it's on the line for you in order for it to succeed. And when something's, when, when you're the, the shot caller and it comes back to you, the responsibility on whether or not there's, there, it actually succeeds, that's when you really, really learn, right? So like when you post a video and it flops, you learn that you're not going to make a video like that again, right? Like, like there's real accountability out there. So what I would say is find these mini experiments, whether it's one month, six months, like something where you can just do a sprint into a project, look at it and say, hmm, what did I like about that? What was I good in the process of, of doing that. What are people telling me, giving me positive feedback for? What are people genuinely praising me for? What would I never want to do again? Like there are certain things where I'm good at editing, but I hate editing, right? So like that is something that I'm trying to like m- maneuver my way out of because my, my, I, I want to spend more time in, in the creating mode of the writing, being on camera, doing, doing the, the interviews. And I've learned that by experiments of actually doing it. So fine. I don't know. So I don't, that's, that's a long way of saying you got to do it. You got to just do experiments and look at them as experiments. Like an eighth grade. I'm, that, that was one thing that Asher taught me. He was like, yo, well, I think one of the projects we were, he was like, yo, let's treat this like it's an eighth grade project. And like, like, remember, like who remembers eighth grade projects? No one, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, you, you, you just have fun doing it with your, with your buddy, yeah. right? Like there's no real pressure on it. And like that, that was like a gift that the Astra has, like he's able to make people feel comfortable and take the pressure off. Um, but yeah, just treat it like it's an eighth grade project and then look at it in, and say, what do I love? What do I want to do more of? And then do another project. And that's a great place to start, in my opinion. Nah, I love that, man. And the eighth grade project thing is is funny because um, uh, I'm so particular about things in terms of like, you know, let's say I put something out, I might not be the happiest with it because I'm like, oh, man, like I'll think about an interview or maybe something that I edited and I'm like, oh, I should have put this in there. I should have asked this question. And then I realize that I can't change that. It's out. It's published. Right. But if I was to stop what I was doing now, I'm going to be known for that. That's my last impression. And I've had to put myself into this mindset of, okay, like, okay, that messed up. What did I learn from that? Okay, how do I implement that into the next interview, the next video edit? And I've tried to use that to kind of motivate myself because I think it's so easy to let us get, to let ourselves get down when we, we fuck up at something that we were really liked because we're like, shit, like people are going to think I'm trash. Like they're, you know what I'm saying? But if you let yourself remain there, now when you look at your timeline, you're known for that last edit. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever thinks about who's ever the biggest right now. Nobody ever goes to their first episode and be like, oh, that was trash. But because you don't remember them as that. So I think that's really that's great advice, man. I, I love that. Yeah. Each one's and, an experiment. Um, like have fun with it. It's like, you know, it's not that serious, you know, like like and no one really cares that much. Like even though like my video got like one point one million or whatever, like and, and there's going to be, you know, hundreds more that do. Right. Like no one really cares. <laughs> 
like, like uh, you know, there's going to be certain people, and like I'm fun building around it. But like you know, people are scrolling the internet; they're seeing thousands of other content. And my my mission is to you know just be a a, a positive spark within that scroll throughout the day that someone sees a, a digital billboard, uh, as as some might say, is a digital billboard of of like you know just a positive message, some something that changes the way someone might see the world and, and make a positive effect on them and and the people around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you said care a lot uh, in this interview. That's, you know, your biggest strength. I want to know what's your biggest weakness? Organization. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad this camera is focused right here. I, and, my, and, my, and my wife's got about 15 more if you want to hit her up. But like, but yeah, organization, I have her own. organization, following up. Um, <laughs> um, uh yeah, yeah, bro. But like, I, I'm working with I'm working with a friend right now who's who's who you know as the brand gets bigger is going to help out on the business side, and and that's important to me. Uh, you know, I'd rather um, you know cut someone else in. You know, as this thing starts to make money, so I can focus on more of of what I I love to do. Like, I'd I'd rather do that than try to get burned out and spread myself too thin and, and cover you know all different areas. Mm-hmm. And I love that you name drop uh, the people you've been working with and stuff, because I think um, it's it's good to just always show love. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, earlier I said the whole fanboy thing. And, you know, what I really wanted to mean by that is I really just appreciate once again, when people are doing what they want to be doing. And I want to ask you if I had to just ask for a referral, just you have to think off the top. Who's the most creative pal you have in your life? Ooh, I mean, honestly, it'd be my wife. It, it would be my wife. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. She, she is the uh, most creative person I know by far. She's a uh, she's a designer and wedding calligrapher, but she does these projects every single day. She goes. Wait, what's that? What's a wedding? A wedding calligrapher. She makes like stationery for weddings, but she also does like graphic design. She does like le- it's like lettering, uh, but in the process, she like you know she's like building signs she's building these like you know she's like writing names on leaves she's like building these like you know these canvases to like you know the, the and making these girls these brides days uh but she's she's like a visual creator i'm more of like a communicating <laughs> like creator right uh but outside of her uh, oh man so many uh my friend luke o'brien who's a who's a singer songwriter asher uh, he's, he's like, it, honestly, if he wanted to be a star, he could be a star. He just didn't want to go that route. Uh, he's, he's one of the most creative people that I've ever met. He's the reason I started, you know, down this path. I, I you know, by working with him, I was able to see that I had a creative muscle. Uh, Danny Gewurz as a, as a YouTuber, look up his YouTube channel. Uh, and you know what, talking about creativity, creativity does, does just doesn't mean art or, um, like visual expression, right? It, uh, Zach Honovar is a creative businessman. He's a creative marketing mind. Um, my pops, right? He's a creative football coach, right? He, the way he's able to draw up plays that, you know, it just doesn't have to be, you know, you know like, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be Picasso with like, you know, uh, uh, you know, paint in your hand and like, you know, all artists, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you like, you can, like, there's, I think creativity can show up in, in many different ways. Uh, so yeah, man, I, 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 and the listener listening to this show, I believe that everyone has the potential to be creative. Uh, and, and if you want to get started and figure out what your creative calling is, there's a guy named, Chase Jarvis that wrote a book called 
creative calling. And the, the book is all about building your creative muscle and about not, um, the fact about the, uh, about uncovering it, about it's there. Right. But like when we were at a young age, when we were in first grade, um, someone started to tell us that like, you know, the way we drew a zebra wasn't the right way. So we were like, Oh, okay, I guess I, I shouldn't draw zebras, but they didn't realize their creativity might've shown up somewhere else. Right. And then by fifth grade, all those kids stopped raising their hands to like go draw zebras on the board. <laughs> right. So then the older you get, the more peers that like chime in on who you're supposed to be in the world. People tuck that creative impulse lower and lower and i think that people just got to uncover that and and that book's a great way to get started the creative calling damn you just you just described my whole my whole reason for starting this podcast man because i mentioned earlier that i wanted to find the niche and one of the reasons that i i mostly now target you know content creators because i wanted to have like you know just a consistent you kind of know what to expect from the guest right but my my tagline now which well, shout out to my girlfriend. She kind of helped me figure that out. So I think it's always the women that are more creative, but we just, they don't just Definitely. on camera as much. But she was just talking about like, yeah, you know, like, I just think people should try to create the life they want to live. And it hit me because the reason that I had to niche down the content creators, because, you know, you can actively see what they're creating. They're putting their stuff out. But I, I want. I want this, I want the world to be a place where people are living the life they want to live and they have to create that because nobody's going to do that for you. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely agree with you that, you know, content creator kind of puts people in a box, but you know, you might just really like to organize stuff and that's your thing. You might really like to make a home look like a home. That's yeah. As thing. an architect like, or like an interior designer. Yeah. yeah, exactly, man. So I just, I really just want people to live that life because like, why not? Yeah, you know, like why not? And, and I think you're, yeah, I think you're smart by like going with the, the niche approach because you, you know you got you're trying to build an audience of you know people that are like coming for a specific thing and it's and it's hard to just you know you know cover everything. But if we're talking about creativity, I think um, you know one of the best ways to to give it to the world is by creating content and. And these content creators, I, I believe they are, I, I made a video about it, but like, I, I think content, you know how public speaking was always taught in high school? I think content creation should be taught in high school first now, right? Because if you, it's just another form of communication, but that type of communication, it, it, you're an immediate asset to any company. You know, if you learn like me, you learning how to podcast, you are an asset to so many companies right now, right? Like if they want your services from the interviewing to getting the guests to recording it, to the editing, to publishing, right? Every part of that is like, you know, a full media team used to do 15 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, so <laughs> yeah, like, man. I mean, there's so many skills along that journey that you can just, you know, kind of go into as a host. And I think it's a great concept. I think, I, I think what you're doing is great and it's going to inspire a lot of people. No, nah, I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate you for being the pal, man. I think what I always really love is when uh, I reach out to somebody or have a mutual friend, reach out to somebody like, hey, my friend's doing this. And, you know, they might either check out my stuff or they might just, you know, talk to me for a little bit. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And that really makes me feel good because, you know, I don't have that, that social proof that, you know, most people might have, but I just really believe in something. And I'm like, yo, man, if you work with me, like, yo, we can make something great. And, you know, I think I, I'm really grateful that, you know, you were willing to take, take that chance. You know, you're somebody that I definitely want to keep in touch with because, you know, I'm really excited. Let's do it, man. Definitely. So, um, yo, that's the beauty of this podcast, man. You ask someone, 
questions for an hour and a half it's hard to not be friends afterwards <laughs> you know like like <laughs> yeah. if, if this is exactly. one if this is one cue for whoever's listening to start a podcast like let it be this and it, and you don't need all the equipment either you could just use your cell phone and start doing interviews on ig live and save them and then upload them to anchor bro that's like, a, that's exactly my first 10 episodes ig live bro i didn't do any research i literally started it and we just dude, talked that, for that's an all hour. it needs to and be. it was only an hour because yeah it was only an hour because ig would cut me off oh, really? like, yeah, after yeah, an yeah. Hour. dude that's so, how man, you get started yeah, yeah. but use the users right in front of you exactly man so yeah um you know i want to let you get the rest of your day back to you and um appreciate you once again before i let you go i do want you to definitely let us know how can we support you where can we find you at and what's coming up next go to Will Smith's Instagram and say bonus <laughs> footage, bonus footage is gonna interview you on his show. Uh, respond Let's to his go. DM. <laughs> Let's go. Tell Will Smith that he needs to be a guest on the Creators Are Brands podcast hosted by Tom Boyd and at bonus footage on Instagram. And then follow the TikTok bonus that. footage on TikTok. Content is booming over there. <laughs> hey, we out here, bro. We out here. Now I'm really glad, man, and I appreciate you. And to anybody listening. Always remember to stay creative. Peace. Thank you guys for tuning in to that creative conversation. I hope it was able to inspire you. And if you'd like to continue getting inspired, there's actually three main ways you guys can do that. One, you guys actually watch all the YouTube videos. Uh, that's the full length episodes and also clips just to get a little preview about what each episode might be about. Two, you guys can actually listen on all podcasting platforms, which is Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Please feel free to leave a rating or review. Just help me out and also get the word of mouth out there. Three, you guys can actually subscribe to the podcast and pals newsletter which is basically a written summary of each episode in addition to my takeaway so that i kind of give what the episode made me think about what i got from it link in the description and show notes but without further ado always remember to stay creative